Welcome back to the Irish Bear Show. We are back for another hell of a show today. We have Kenneth Davis joining us this week. Look, it's been Anthony. Look, it's been in a kind of a crazy week. We've we kind of came on just last week, just as kind of all this news around Arlington kind of started splittering out, and we're getting more and more information. How are you doing since our last show, Anthony? I'm doing good, my man. I'm doing good as always. It's sunny in Cork, like it always is here in Ireland. Um, I'm doing well. I'm doing well. It's an interesting week. There's meant to be nothing happening in Bears Land. We're not meant to hear anything. They're all meant to go on holidays. And here we are, five, six days later, and there's more stuff coming out all over the place. So yeah, I'm looking forward to getting stuck into it. Great to have Ken on the show as well, man. It really is. Really looking forward to hearing hearing what he's saying. Because I have a feeling when he's talking about Arlington, he's gonna speak differently to what I think it's gonna be. So I'm really looking forward to this. <laughs> yeah, look, it's been a it's been a really interesting topic over the last kind of what four or five days now and it kind of even got more interesting was it yesterday or the day before because of a new kind of agreement that the bears kind of did as well so it kind of brings more i guess realism to this because a lot of it was speculation is is this a realistic bid to try and move to arlington heights or is it just to kind of pressure the city of chicago to kind of give them what they want in soldier field so look Kenneth, I'm going to ask you for your opinion on the whole situation first, because, again, I think this is one that has <clears throat> divided the fan base quite a bit. Um, it I, I can say it could, but Bears fans are going to go to wherever the Bears are at. Let's just <laughs> yeah. be honest. For the, I mean, like, you may have a, a small amount of people that are like, you know what, I'm not going to travel that far. Now, I, it hurt here in Chicago from, like, for instance, I'm, I'm, out, I'm on the south side. Um, but when you look at like the entirety of the South side, the South side is huge. All right. But also you're talking about the South suburbs and Northwest Indiana. So that's where it's different from. If you're talking about those people coming through Chicago, going out to Arlington Heights, that may be an issue, but it's just think about it. You only have to go eight or nine times, depending on what year, what season it is, as far as your home games. So, I mean, people will go, but one thing I, I have to say this one, who cut up that open? Who, who did that? Was that one of you guys that did that? Okay. Okay. Uh, listen, great job. But it's but how how can we talk about Arlington Heights as you just rose up? All right, right there, Soldier Field, show downtown. Because <laughs> people talk about a Bears Village, and I say downtown Chicago is my Bears Village. Now, this one thing, it's a it's a walk to get to Soldier Field because it's not like there's an abundance of parking. Um, so like if you're taking mass transit, you may have to put in. You may have to put in about six blocks light. You know what I'm saying? And I'm light. Yeah. So it could be like nine, 10, 11 blocks. Even, but there's ways to get there. But it, it's not always easy. I'll say that. But it's beautiful. All right. And it's, yes, they have a, a spaceship inside of a Roman Coliseum, which, why did they do that 20 years ago? I mean, <laughs> I mean it really goes back to this was your opportunity to get everything you wanted. A Super Bowl, listen, how many times do you have Super Bowl in cold weather cities? Like, like we really – look, they had one. The Jets and the Giants opened up that new stadium in New Jersey. They've had one, all right? Detroit has had one. Minnesota has had one. This, this isn't going to be like the Superdome, Miami, Los Angeles, where every three to four years you're in the rotation. It's not even going to be like every decade. So, of course, you can use it for things like the Big Ten, maybe bowl games, concerts, if you have a, a roof over it. Um, you can use it for stuff like that. But the, the, the thought of Super Bowl, Super Bowl, Super Bowl is like, yeah, I guess, you know what I'm saying? I mean, it'd be cool, but, I mean, how, how if, if our team isn't even involved in it, 
how how am I really gonna feel about a Super Bowl in the first place? Like, I, it's gonna actually kind of irritate me to be honest with you. <laughs> if it's a Super Bowl and it's some NFC team, it's it, like it's the, imagine if it was a Super Bowl in Chicago and it was like the Packers versus somebody, right? Like, how agitated you'd be walking around Chicago with Packers fans in our bars drinking, bragging. Oh, that won't happen, my man. That won't happen, my man. Jordan Love is their QB now. That won't be happening. They're I gone. Hope so. They're I out hope of so. here. Listen, but listen, Anthony, we still got to hope that the curse is broken. All right. <laughs> oh, yeah. Curse, yeah, imagine he's good. To, yeah, imagine he's good. Just, imagine, dude, you telling me another 15 years? So you hit me with 30. <laughs> you got Brett Favre, you got Aaron Rodgers, then you're going to hit me with another 15 years? Like, I, it, please let them. I, listen, Jordan Love, bro. I wish you the best. I just don't wish it to happen right there. No, we don't. Bay. You know what I'm saying? And it's, I don't even. I don't even dislike Green Bay like I did when I was a kid. But I don't want them to have another French. I mean, elite franchise quarterback. But getting back to the stadium, me personally, I initially thought it was leverage. A part of me still does think it's leverage. You have the mayor of Arlington Heights coming out and says, you know, it may not come to fruition, but he does believe it's serious. Um, there were. A couple of, of 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 codes and restrictions that were placed on that site, so that you know you can't have like car washes, warehouses. So they're just trying to make sure whoever owns that place that is going to be of quality, and you're just not going to have some run in the mill, whatever you got to do to get some bread situation over there. So they want. So I know one of the bidders wants to keep the racetrack. There's going to be some home development, some office spaces included in all of that. Um, but it, listen, it doesn't hurt to own that parcel of land. You know, like period in general, if they never build on it or if they sell the team to have that attached to whoever the buyer is, is like here, you have this option. And think about the next owner could go into City Hall in Chicago. I have this, either do what I want or I'm leaving. And that that person has worked less with, well, it depends on who the owner is, has worked less than the city than the Bears have, who Bears have been good negotiating with the city of Chicago since Papa Bear Hollis was running come leaving at u of i as a as a, a basketball i mean a, a baseball slash uh, football player you know like just the bears have been negotiating with the city of chicago for probably like 80 years or something like that you know what i'm saying so that was part of the reason uh during the time period before they rebuilt the stadium that there was friction between uh then president of the bears when you had michael mccaskey michael mccaskey and richard daly the son didn't see eye to eye and ted phillips had to be inserted and that's how you got what's now the spaceship in the Coliseum. That's how you got that situation completed. So we've seen this before in 1975. I was reading an article in the Daily Herald here in Chicago that uh, Papa Bear House, George Hallis was was in the Chamber of Commerce in Arlington Heights talking about moving there in 1975. So this has been the plot. This is always a, we pull, we're going to pull this out. All right, here we go. We're going to, where are you going to give us? Like, we didn't know that the Bears were in negotiations with the city for any upgrades until Lori Lightfoot, Mayor Lori Lightfoot, came out and said, you know, I, 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 I don't believe this. Well, she implied she didn't believe it. She just thought necessarily they were just using this for leverage to try to get more out of the stadium. Me personally, um, Chicago's a corrupt city. Uh, I love Chicago. Let me leave with that. I love the city. Uh, but <laughs> if you if you know anything about the state of Illinois and the city of Chicago, it's it's corrupt. And I mean, a lot of places are because I mean, politicians are, are asses. Let's just be honest about it. For the they're all corrupt. Right? Yeah, like I mean, even if the quote unquote good ones that you like, depending on which way you're leaning, they all have a different angle of what they're doing. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, yeah. majority of them aren't doing it for chivalrous reasons. You know what I'm saying? Good. It's about me. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, but with me personally, if you're going to say that 
these tax dollars, which I don't really okay what y'all do with them anyway. And a lot of people are like, never give billionaires some of your tax money. I totally agree with that. My old co-host used to be on this hardcore demise. Listen, if they're going to take a little bit of something to prove Soldier Field, man, go right ahead. I'm, you're going to take my money anyway, right? Like, yeah. It's not like I'm getting it back. I'm not going to get that money back. It's, it, and, and, and the worst part is this, going around the corruption, or not even corruption, just not doing the right thing. And I was funny when me and Kieran was talking earlier, and I was talking about the What About Chicago Marathon that was taking place on 670 to score for the food desert out in Austin, Austin Harvest. It'd be different if it was going to something like that. And you was like, listen. We can get this money to the bears or we're actually going to use it to benefit these communities. Then I would be like, no, no, no. Give, all right. Give us to these communities. They're not. So if, if, as far as me, because I, I don't even go to bears games like that, but I, I love to see it. It's part of, it's a fixture here. You know what I'm saying? And a crazy thing too, I didn't find out to uh, we were talking on the under center podcast, I believe that in, in when the bears moved into soldier field, I think Eric came up with this on the show. They only planned when they put out a presser to all their fans. Yeah, I believe it was five. I think you had, the, but they were only planning to stay there for five years. Yeah. I mean, just think it. They, they talked about they were going to build a stadium and they've stayed there this long, which one goes to the mismanagement of that team. I'm sorry. And because yeah. if, it, if it was me, it's no way I wouldn't have my own stadium. I, I always say I would have finagled the city out of Soldier Field. Sooner or later, they would have had to give me majority of Soldier Field because just to sell the team, they're at $3.5 billion. If they have their own stadium, let alone a nice stadium, dude, that's $5 bill easy, if not a little bit more. So that's just that's just how I feel about it, guys. I'd love to hear how you gentlemen feel about it. Yeah, it's an interesting one because I was reading up a lot on this in terms of the value of teams, even just in, in general in sports, what the stadium does. And if you look at if the Bears owned their own stadium, they would be one of the most kind of the richest organizations in all of sports, <clears throat> not just in the NFL. And the NFL, obviously, there's quite a lot of them you can look at even – in baseball with the Yankees, but I often look at kind of the European fo yeah. football teams. Yeah. That I'm sorry, football. Like, yeah, yeah, but ah, oh, no, you're good. <laughs> that yeah. that's where a lot of the money comes in. But what I kind of like in Soldier Field and in certain points of it to kind of European soccer is kind of Manchester United, where they've had this really great stadium for so long, holds a lot of people, but it's starting to wear down, and they're starting to be things that isn't like first class like you want your team to be we always talk about how we want the bears to stop being this kind of mom and pop shop but then you look at the stadium and you're like well this isn't a stadium that you go to when you go and see an nfl game because i've gone to games over in soldier field i've gone kind of even in other kind of states in america but i've also gone to some of the london games and you just have to compare when the bears played the raiders in the tottenham hotspur stadium two years ago and the difference between that and Soldier Field is they're two completely different kind of atmospheres there. That one is a new modern, all the amenities you could possibly want. I said this on our last show. It was a freezing cold day in London that day. When you're in the stadium, everybody's there in the t-shirts because they're able to control it. Like imagine being able to do that in Soldier Field. Like it's it's one of those that like there's a reason I have in the start of the kind of intro soldier field because it's a really nice view the picturesque seeing kind of downtown in the background is really really nice the problem is if it's not if it's not improved which it hasn't been over time it's really difficult for kind of people to get behind staying at soldier field and like you said 
financially for the McCaskies or whoever comes in afterwards, it just makes sense to be able to own your own state, your own stadium. And if that can't happen with Soldier Field or even like a majority kind of ownership of it, it's going to be very, very difficult. Look, I think fans would be a lot different if there was an agreement, if there was a possible agreement to where they could have renovated Soldier Field and get what they want there. Because I think everybody would be happy to stay at Soldier Field. But I think there's a lot of people that just want to get into a modern stadium to where you're not waiting 45 minutes to use a bathroom <laughs> where you can actually, like we said in our, on our last show that you can buy your beer and actually enjoy it and not have to finish it in two minutes because you're not, you're not going to get another one or it might be too cold or too warm. Like it's, it's a really interesting debate, I think, because there's a lot of different angles. I think you look back of, the culture and of the team you look back at being able to go to some of those games the memories that a lot of fans would have in soldier field but then i think back and i'm like how many great memories is there because you have obviously the 85 but before that most of the great memories were in wrigley so Mm -hmm. it's like it's difficult to really say that the backbone of the bears has to be soldier field like we know by looking at nfl franchises the majority of them don't actually play in the city where where they're supposed to be from you just have to look at san francisco you look at dallas there's there's so many so it's it's one of those that i think i never when i first came out i thought that it was probably pastoring from the bears to try and get some sort of deal done with the city because like you said they've been negotiating with the city for as long as anybody can remember we saw what happened the first time so I think today, and there was a comment on this that kind of adds to it a little bit, um, where there was a new casino partnership. And it kind of perked some ears because I believe it was the same, kind of roughly the same kind of company that actually owns the plot of land in Arlington. So when you saw kind of that come out today, did that make you believe that, okay, maybe they're a little bit more for real now than I initially thought? Yeah, I mean, I think they're for real. You know, I think, again, when you're talking about a family that doesn't that doesn't accrue their wealth outside of the Bears, this isn't Arthur Brink in Atlanta that owns Home Depot. You know what I'm saying? So when you're when you're talking about a family like that, if you can get a large parcel of land and one have your own stadium or sell it and still have ownership and people either pay rent or pay whatever for you. No, I think it, it can happen. Um this is the thing, and you, you you're right. You know, Santa Clara 49ers, the New Jersey uh, Jets and Giants, yeah. the Arlington Heights Cowboys. Um, there's a um, th- there's a DJ in Chicago, right, named DJ Ferris, and he has this this drop that says this Chicago something or other, right? But it's very hard when it drops. All right. So, and I say that to you, Kieran, we are at those other places, all right? Yeah. To, and again, I be, and I'm, I'm talking about what, what I what I favor, because in reality, it, it can definitely happen. It's, you would have to say right now, it's probably, I would leave 50-50, actually, or 60-40, um, because it's just, you, it's so much land. I believe it's, it's over 350 acres. I think it's 360, and 160 of it would be used for the stadium and parking. So you still would have another half of it, basically, to do whatever you want to do. So I, I, I get the benefit. Now, to me personally, I, and it's funny when you bring up like, like uh, the amenities. 
I, I enjoy baseball games. Like my favorite sport to see live is baseball because you're outdoors. It's the summertime. Uh, even if your team is losing, if you if you have if you're there with good friends, you can enjoy yourself or whatever. My team, the White Sox, even though they've been struggling recently, have been playing well. Um, I, when I used to first go back to Sox games, I would at least have several beverages. You know what I'm saying? And I went to one two weeks ago. I didn't drink anything. Um, one, I don't feel like going to the, to the washroom. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I was actually at a, a Sox game four years ago and I, and it was like, it's funny how the year, you know, don't you hate you two gentlemen? Odd shaped urinals. It's like, this isn't ergonomic yeah. whatsoever. It's like, are, is it built for me to stand back by the wall? Like it's not built <laughs> for me to have any privacy whatsoever. Right. So, so it had this weird bowl at the bottom of it that yeah. jetted out. So it's like I'm not like I'm not gonna lean over all the way into it. So it's this man in the sun, and they were staring at me, and it's like, what can I do? The bowl jets out weird and crazy, <laughs> right? So again, it's not my goal sometimes to have to go use the washroom. So for me, I don't really care, you know what I'm saying? Because I'm gonna have a slight, I may take a shot of something before I leave, but really it's just like, hey, you don't need me. I'm just talking about me. Everyone should enjoy themselves how they want to enjoy themselves. I'm, I'll do whatever I need instead of even wasting my money on ballpark food. And there's some good ballpark food in Chicago. I'm going to grab something on the way home or whatever, just to kind of cut back down on me already buying a ticket, paying for parking and also spending another $60 basically or whatever. But that's, that's me personally compared to most fans are, are definitely along the lines that you are Kieran talking about the amenities. People like those types of things. Some people are in Chicago be like, well, we like it that way. It makes us Chicago tough quote unquote um but i think it's just something to it you brought up wrigley field and the wrigley aspect is really weird from this point when you when you look at the fact that gail Sayers basically would score a touchdown and almost run into a brick wall you know what i'm saying like <laughs> it just i mean just think about it you know what i'm saying like it, it's it, it that isn't built for this you know what i'm saying where Initially, and it's not to say that you don't want it better at Soldier Field, but at least it's a football stadium. You know what I'm saying? It's not like what the uh, the, the 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 Raiders and Oakland A's had out there at the Coliseum, where you used to actually see a the football field and then have the baseball diamond yeah. on it. It'd be like that's weird as hell, right? <laughs> yeah. Like you know, we didn't we didn't have to go through that. And again, this is better. I mean, I'm, I'm but I'm just talking about what I prefer. I prefer for my Chicago teams to live in Chicago. And I'll, I'll say one thing, because it, it, it crossed my mind when you were talking in the four second, Kieran. What if other teams in Chicago, that would start being a leverage play for other teams in Chicago to be, because very rarely have they truly honestly talked about moving out of the city. Um, but that would be that would be a leverage play. I don't know if they would actually do it because they're still, like for instance, getting to, to, to the Madhouse on Madison, the United Center, it, it's not that difficult. Uh, Wrigleyville is Wrigleyville. They're never going anywhere. That's part of the fabric of the Cubs. Uh, Jerry Reinsdorf, the owner of the White Sox or chairman of the White Sox, fleeced the city. If you see the agreement that they have with the state, it's it's ridiculous. So they're not moving, even though they probably should have moved to a different location when they decided or redid Comiskey, which they probably should have done. But I'll be fearful of someone else using that play. But listen, life goes on and time changes. And at one point in my life, I may be calling them the Arlington Heights Bears because they're not in Chicago. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. That's, and that's the part I find the most upsetting. The Arlington Heights Bears part. I get what you're saying, Kenneth. By the way, I was listening to your Understand the Podcast. It's brilliant. It's absolutely fantastic. I'm 
hats off to you guys. But when you talk about it, I was like, you're the first podcast I've listened to on the Bears that all you guys seem to be on the board of, we need to say, say in Soldier Field, Soldier Field's where we need to go. We need to be Chicago. Chicago is who we, who we are and represent. And I think it's really interesting what you said about that, that it's almost like, let's have the bad food in Soldier Field so that we can make ourselves feel more like we're from Chicago. So it almost kind of feels <laughs> that kind of like, we, we don't deserve, we almost don't deserve to get nice things. It's a bit like Justin Fields. We don't deserve to have Justin Fields. And I get that. Look, I, I'm a big rugby fan. I'm, I'm from a place called Munster, which is a big province in Ireland, which is a big rugby area. But they'd be the exact same. We get a fancy player. We're like, we don't want him. We want someone who's like a tough guy who wants to fight everybody. It's, it's weird. We've got a weird scenario. I think for the Bears to go forward, and I, and I get what you're saying about the Super Bowl. I would agree that they're probably only going to be one chance at the Super Bowl. But I don't think it's just the Super Bowl. I think there's all these other events that we could potentially get in, in Soldier Field. I think Kieran is right. I'm on the same page as Kieran. If we could buy Soldier Field, if the McCarthy could own Soldier Field, I'd be all for staying where we are. If someone said to me that we're going to go to Arlington Heights for one season or two seasons while we revamp and re redo all of Soldier Field to make it this new age proper stadium, I'd be all for that. I'd be like, yeah, all, all in on that. But because we can't, I just, I just feel that we might be getting a little bit left behind. Um, and I do understand from a Chicago fan perspective, I do understand if you're living in Chicago, and I'm not, so I don't get to have this conversation. If you're living in Chicago, you might see it completely differently because it's not just your heritage, it's your father's heritage or your uncle's heritage or whoever brought you to the game the first time. I don't have that. I, I'll turn up to a Bears game and it'll be, oh, this is fantastic, this is amazing, but I don't have that Lincoln heritage that would come with that. And that's really important when it comes to sports teams, and I get that, I really do. Also, the fear I, I personally have is the McCaskies getting it right. Because it's not just about going to this new stadium and the stadium being perfect. There's loads of examples in Europe of football teams or soccer teams who would move to new stadiums and get it wrong by putting mm. the wrong fans in the wrong place and the atmosphere just is wrong. And it's, it's, it just doesn't have the same feel. Soldier Field is intimidating in a, in a, in a November and December game. We don't want to lose that by going to Arlington Heights. We'll all be warm and happy and fluffy and it'll be great, but we'll have lost that element. On the flip side, you'll also have your fingers when you leave the stadium. <laughs> and I think that's that's really important for any fan when they leave any stadium that they have their fingernails and fingers. I mean, yeah, go ahead, go ahead Kira. It, it's an interesting one. I think the only thing that I slightly disagree on is the idea of Soldier Fields being intimidating in November, December. Your stadium is intimidating when your team is good. When your team is bad, <laughs> it's, ve it's very difficult for that to happen. And look, Soldier Field is great. I think one of the things that I've seen a lot of people kind of put up online in terms of what I've been talking about, the amenities, is because of the price that they're paying for their tickets to get to get into the stadium anyway. It's not even that. It's the fact, look, Kent, you know this yourself, is just to be able to go and tailgate, it's basically a lottery to be able to get there. Even if they were able to improve some aspect of Soldier Field and also increase the amount of kind of parking area, I think a lot of fans would still be up for that as well. Like I said, I think the majority of fans would like to stay if there was, I guess, a better overall experience on game day, which it, it can be difficult. But like you said, some some people just want to get there, watch the game and go home and like try and put their fingers on the radiator when they get home. Because that's, <laughs> that's, the, way that, that's the way it works. But look, I'll give you this kind of last, last point on, on this topic to you, Kenneth, is how look it's going to take a while for it if this does go through to happen you see kind of this new partnership with 
Bet Rivers Casino. And the one thing that a couple of people have perked up is they're trying to figure out what's the end game here. And some people think that the possible end game is a sale of the team. And I got I kind of go back to one of your points you made earlier is being able to own land or a stadium makes it that much more valuable for the McCaskies if they ever do want to sell the team. And it, look, I think it was very <laughs> when I heard Laurie Lightfoot come out about it saying that the NFL won't allow this. Look, the NFL are going to try and get this through as best they can. They want the Bears in the best stadium possible because while it might be once they want to be able to hold events in Chicago, they can't do that. I, I completely take on your point of view as well, though, Kenneth, in terms of we look at the New York Jets and New York Giants when they got the new stadium and they were lucky by one day because the day after the Super Bowl, they had like four or five feet, feet of snow. <laughs> and that's probably yep. that's what would happen in Chicago. But again, when we kind of see this as a whole, how likely do you think that this is actually going to happen versus right now it's kind of speculation, it's pestering, and then eventually there's going to be some decision once the racing season ends? Um, I think it's 50-50. I mean, I, I would have to lean a little t- towards it. Financially, it makes sense. I mean, yeah. this is, but this is one of the things, too. And not to say it's, it would be impossible where is the tax money going to come from in Arlington right now? Is this going to be from the state? Because you're, you're damn sure not going to get Chicago's tax dollars in this situation. <laughs> so where have you know? Because the Bears don't have like how, what are the loans that the, the, the Bears are going to have to take out? We know the league gives you money when you're building a new stadium, but that's not enough to build a billion dollar stadium. I, you know what I'm I saying? Would, I would say it has to be like some big investors in. So like that's, you see, that's what I was thinking. That's a, so I was always thinking there'd be a couple of different like sports books and stuff because they, we, we talk about this plot of land that there's going to be so much left over. If they did buy it, I would be very surprised if a casino and a hotel wasn't built in that area. So again, the only way I think that this could happen is obviously you get, I think the Rams got about 500 million for, for theirs, I think from the NFL. But I think the only way the Bears will be able to do this properly is if they do get some big investors to come in where they're kind of spending a chunk of the money. But again, you'll see whoever it is. If it was like DraftKings or something, you see DraftKings absolutely everywhere in that complex. Every plastered all over the place. <laughs> it would be, it would, if they if they started a lot of sponsoring on jerseys, the, they, would, they would be there as well. But look, it's, it is a really interesting topic. And it's one that I think a lot of people will be following over the coming months because there's only so much we're going to get now until the racing season actually does end. So Mm -hmm. with that, let's move on to the actual team and the actual players. And we can't start anywhere else, but Justin Fields, because it's, he's kind of the talk of the town. Everybody's been going on. We've, we went, we had a live show during the draft and I think everybody was going insane that day when it was going on because we were up saying it before trade whatever you can just to go up and get Justin Fields. Didn't really fully believe it was going to happen, and then we just lost our shit when it actually did happen. What time so, of the day was that? What time of the day was that? Four, three a.m. Three, three, four, three or four. Oh, the dedication. We did a seven-hour show, and then we followed it up the next day with another six-and-a-half-hour show. And oh. by, the end, by the end of it, it was uh, interesting. In the last 20 minutes of the second day of the draft, I have no recollection of what we said. No, no. <laughs> to, be, to, to be fair, I had no recollection of what we said 
for probably the six or seven picks after Justin Fields was yeah. picked because we were just concentrating just on that. But look, what was your, I guess, pre-draft thoughts on Justin Fields when it actually went down and now we've seen kind of the next couple of months since? I um, actually said two weeks before that the Bears were going to do everything they need to get to get Justin Fields. Um, like I thought he was a se- yeah. I thought he was the second best quarterback in this yeah. draft. I love the physical traits that Trey Lance has, but playing on an, in a lower division and only playing half a game basically uh, this last year. The funny thing about Justin Fields is this: Justin Fields and Trevor Lawrence both were proponents of their conferences playing football when it seemed like perhaps they wouldn't, in particularly the Big Ten. If Justin Fields doesn't play this year, he doesn't fall. Like I mean, Number it's the two, weird yeah. thing. Yeah, that's the weird thing about because if you look at what Trey Lance and I, me and my co-host, my, my my executive producer Ryan, we've been Trey Lance guys for two and a half years, if not three. You know what I'm saying? Like we've been big on Trey Lance. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Um, but I mean, I was pleasantly surprised. I remember I was talking to uh, the producer of the Under Center podcast, Tony Gill. Uh, we were sitting there texting, and he had said something like, "Yeah, Mac Jones is going to fall to uh, the Patriots." And I, I, I sent him a demon emoji because I'm like, "You want him to fall to the Patriots because he's a Mac Jones." We're both Alabama stands, but he's a Mac Jones stand, right? So, <laughs> and I'm not even a Tua Tagovailoa fan. I'm, I'm, I'm with both of them. I'm, I'm, all, I'm a little bit like this, like I just want to see or whatever. But, um, and, but I said to him at that point, I said, "Man, we're about to get ready to do this show because I think the Bears are about to trade up." Now, I thought they were going to trade up for the next pick, right? When I saw the Giants insignia flip and it was the Bears, I started screaming. Let me tell you this real quick about me and being uh, – I had a brain fart yesterday, right? Because it's going to relate to this Justin Fields situation. So I'm in the basement, all right? Uh, everyone in the family's there except my son. He's upstairs. We're sitting there and um, we're watching the, the, the NBA draft lottery, right? So the Bulls traded for – uh, Vucevic from Orlando, yeah. they gave up a first-round pick this year and a first-round pick after next season. But this year, it's top four protected, right? So the Bulls are supposed to be at the eighth spot. So it the, the, you get to the eighth spot, and it's Orlando. Now, back in the days, they would have had the image of the team that's tr- that is the, going to do the trade, not the team <clears> receiving <throat> the trade. So I see Orlando, and I think Orlando has landed at eight, and the Bulls have jetted up into the top four. I must have started screaming and cursing <laughs> like I won a title. This goes back to the Justin Fields feeling. I I'm, I was in the basement by myself at this point, but they they heard me upstairs in the kitchen. I was like, oh my, like because especially I always talk about uh, wanting in Donovan McNabb uh, to be the Bears quarterback. I'm a Catholic League kid. He's a Catholic League kid. You know the Bears are Catholic. I'm not saying that that means you have to do. You can bring a Muslim quarterback in. Please do what you need to do. <laughs> but just pointing out that kind of fabric here in Chicago, it would have made sense. Um, and them not moving up to get him, and then them not taking Dante Culpepper and giving me <sighs> Cade McNown, and how how like I, it just you, you always you know you you always wanted. Uh, you wanted a, t- a dope quarterback, but I mean, being a, a a brother, I want to see a quarterback that looks like me. I never had the mm-hmm. opportunity to see. A, I mean, Cordell Stewart doesn't count. Oh, you know, saying like you know the Campbells and some of like those guys don't count. All right, you know what I mean when I'm talking. I'm talking yeah. about like <laughs> drafted, top notch. This guy shouldn't Quality. fail. Yes, and to, to and, and and not just not just his color, 
the fact that what he did in one of the, the second best conference in, in college football behind the SEC, in my opinion, I love the SEC, but the Big Ten is right behind the SEC overall. You know what I'm saying? Um, did it in the Big Ten, and he didn't. It's not like he did it where he was an option quarterback. Where just yeah, he's a guy. He just uses his feet. He really is going to have to develop. No, this is a guy that wanted to win from the pocket. You know what I'm saying? He. And he has the added bonus of having feet, as I call it, when you can skedaddle in the fashion that he can skedaddle. Um, so my feeling was fantastic. You got this great young man. Um, I think we all start to lock in on his interviews. And he's a no-nonsense kid. I mean, you got you got somebody who's no-nonsense already. When at this point, every little shiny thing can distract somebody. you know. And you're coming to Chicago, right? Like... We had this, this. We used to talk about if Deshaun Watson, the Bears just drafted Deshaun Watson, how he would have been the biggest thing in the city, right? And but but that's after we, we saw what Deshaun Watson became down in the Texans, of course, before the, the situation with the masseuses and everything like that. But if he's if he can become that good, Justin Fields, just to Deshaun Watson's level, and I'm not making the Deshaun Watson's level seem small, especially what he did with that team this past year with a lot of a lot of the players gone. They traded Ray DeAndre Hopkins. Um, if he can be that player here in Chicago, goodness gracious, look out because you, I, dude, it's gonna be like Jordan, but. F- it's kind of freakier in a way. If a kid, if you could actually do that, you know what I'm saying? And the, the thing with Jordan is Mike, by the time I got to the second three, Pete, Mike, Michael Jordan belonged to the world. You know what I'm saying? Like he wasn't yeah. just ours. And you knew it. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't bad, but you knew it, he belonged to the world. But th- for Chicago to be a, a football city and there's not two uh, football teams. There's one. So it's not like the Cubs and the Sox. You know what I'm saying? It's not like niche sport like hockey or even somebody. Some people don't like basketball. You know what I'm saying? It's football. Majority of sports fans, even if it's just a casual, is a casual friend. I mean, fan enjoy football. The the Super Bowl is is a holiday. We just haven't made it official basically yet. You know what I'm saying? So again, getting back to Justin Fields, I don't know what Justin Fields is going to be, but I think his floor is good, just good. You know what I'm saying? Like he good. You know, like that. That's his floor. I I, I would think he may not hit the the top of his ceiling. But I don't think he's going to be less than 25 percent away from it. I mean, you know, what I'm saying I think yeah. I would think he gets a majority because it just his dedication seems like that. It's just there's there's, there's a lot of no nonsense. There's a lot of uh, uh, not playing around. And I, I, I hate to keep bringing up Donovan McNabb. But one thing I didn't like about Donovan McNabb, sometimes he just played too damn much. You know, and it was just like, dude, like. All right, dude, slow down. You know what I'm saying? Calm down a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Right. The jokes, the joke's over, buddy. Right. Like, you know, let's focus and get to get to doing what we need to do. Um, he you you don't seem like you would have that issue with this young man. There's gonna be some changes. Matt Nagy pointed out the footwork issue. We had Chris Sims on our uh podcast, and he was talking about some of the mechanics and footworks. He's not perfect, you know what I'm saying? He may never be perfect, but I mean we, we know he has the tangibles and intangibles, to say the least. I think that's the part that, that's the most interesting. I think the fact that Justin Fields, 
on his first snap as a Chicago Bear might become our best quarterback in 40 years is something <laughs> that is just amazing to me as a, as a Bears fan. The other thing that I'm really looking forward to, and I mean this seriously, is I'm looking forward to our quarterback running down the opposition sideline, screaming abuse at them because he's been forgotten by them. People, people, I'm looking forward to that because we're always the ones that get that crap. We're always, we even got it from Brady during the week if it was about us. It's, it's the same crap all the time. And for, for once, we have this, this shining star, this person who, like I keep, I said in the show regularly, if you listen to his first interview, you close your eyes and don't, don't know who's actually talking. That's not a, that's not a rookie talking. It's just not a rookie. It's a guy who's been at a higher stage and has been kind of just pushed himself into the limelight from when he was a young kid. And he's just, he just seems the right guy. Even stuff that he's saying in, in pressers recently about I'll never do that mistake again. I think you guys in the inner center spoke. It wasn't the physical pass. Or, it was the mental thing that he must have misread a route from the from the tight end. And when he mm-hmm. when it, afterwards, he's back talking to the tight ends and he's talking to the defense. And he's, he just seems to already be taking over this team. And it's just it's just something that, that's, that's amazing to me. I think the city of Chicago... It'll be. I think I've said it on the show as well. I think it's gonna be really interesting when Dalton throws his first pick, not in a game, at the <laughs> training at the training ground when the fans are there, and he starts getting booed in the training ground, right? And and he'll be running into the car park because people are running after him. It's just that's the level that this that Andy Dalton or that, that um, Justin Fields has put this uh, opportunity on, and it seems nothing seems to phase him. It just doesn't seem to phase him. And I was asked on the last show, and I got a bit of, bit of slag on Twitter, and I was saying that the most important player for us next year, in my opinion, is Tevin Jenkins, because I believe Tevin Jenkins has to be the left tackle, has to solidify that, because we've got this diamond behind him that he has to protect and he has to look after. And the quicker we find out if Tevin Jenkins is that left tackle or not, the better, because if he's not, we need to get somebody plugged in there really quickly to get, to get Justin Fields that safety net. Because I think he's going to be that good. And Kieran was talking about when we were on when we did our draft show. What you didn't mention, I know you're an Alabama kid, but I'm telling you now, when the when the trade was first done, we saw it was the Bears. But seven Kieran was screaming, "No to Jack! No, no! It has to be Justin Fields. It can't be. It can't be the um, Alabama Matt quarterback. Jones. Matt, Jones. Matt Jones. It can't be Jones. That's all oh, we were screaming. Yeah. Just don't be Matt oh, Jones. Yeah. Just, Jesus Christ, oh, don't be Matt definitely. Jones. And I remember sitting there going, like, I would have taken Kalen Mond ahead of Mac Jones at one stage in my brain because I was like, just please don't do that to us. Don't screw this over. Like, I was expecting a kicker. I was expecting a linebacker. Anybody. It could have been anyone. When Justin Fields came through, I we were on record. We're like, I don't care what happens in the rest of the draft. They could have drafted anyone. They could have drafted me. They could have drafted the three of us. And I would have been delighted. I mean, like, that's fine. We're happy because that's what this kid can give it to us. And I, it is something I'm really, really delighted for the people of Chicago, but I'm also delighted for for the Bears as an organization. And uh, it's going to be I'm extending my, uh, Ryan Pace for a lifetime. That's how much happiness Whoa. Justin Fields has already given Whoa. me. Whoa, no, we're not doing that, just yet, Anthony. <laughs> Anthony. Let me ask you. Let me ask you this, Anthony, real quick, because I got I have to pick up the slang. So it's, it's screaming abuse running down the sideline. I mean, he's cursing at that when he's running down the sideline. Is oh, that what screaming abuse? Oh, I, I, okay, I want him because I like that. I like that. I'm gonna I, have to. I'm gonna bar that. I want him running up and down the sideline, and I want him, and, he, and not just San Francisco. I want him to go to Detroit. I want to go to Denver. I just keep going to all of them, and because this is what Mahomes used to do to us with his fingers and all that kind of crap. We had the same thing then with Deshaun Watson, and it just is annoying. And I want us to be the annoying ones. And I can't wait. <laughs> also, also as well, and I'm I'm on record as saying this for the for the third show in a row. I do not want Rogers to leave the Packers. 
I do not want him to go. I want Rodgers to stay at the Packers because I want us to beat the Packers with him as quarterback. I don't want to hear excuses about, oh, Rodgers wasn't there. I want us to beat Rodgers. They can have all their picks. I want them all to be fit. I want them all to be okay. Everything to be perfect up in Green Bay. And then we beat them with Justin Fields and we send his ass to Denver. That's my I like opinion. that. I like yeah. that. I like, I like to face I like to face the dude and not go around the dude. Correct. Me personally. To beat, I like, I to pre- beat the man. Yeah. To beat the man, you gotta beat. To beat the man, you gotta beat. Beat the man, you gotta beat the man. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. Yeah, it's that's an interesting one. I've always kind of come to the point is whatever gives the Packer fans most pain is is fine with me. If they if they cry more by the Bears beating uh, Aaron or whether it's him leaving and going to Denver or him retiring for a year and then going to Denver, like. I don't care what whatever way it, whatever way it works. But look, Justin Fields is I've always said is, and I completely agree with pretty much everything that you said, Kenneth. In terms of we had him as the number two kind of quarterback going into the draft, I was surprised that he was falling down. I thought a lot of the stories were very unfair to him as a as a person, but also as a player because you looked yeah. at it once the season ended. Everybody still looking at those quarterbacks would still say Justin Fields was the second best quarterback in that draft. And I've always said it's it's really 1A and 1B with Lawrence and Fields for me because those were the two that I, I just assumed that it was going to be Jacksonville and the Jets that no matter what was going to happen, it would be Justin Fields and Trevor Lawrence as the first two picks. So as we got further in the draft process, I think that's when I think Bears fans got to be a little bit more excited. But then when you saw the 49ers trade up, I think everybody was like, oh, damn, they're going to go up and get Justin Fields now. And then when all the talk went to just Mac Jones and Trey Lance, people were like, what is going on? <laughs> what is actually going on here? But it seems like for the first time in a long time, the Bears got luck when it comes to the draft. And they've got a guy that can bring the city of Chicago together because there's always been this point that the Bears always go for the same type of quarterback. You've mentioned it yourself. It would have been, I think a lot of people would have felt the same if they went for Mac Jones, that it's uh, it's the same, this stable kind of white quarterback that's not really that kind of fluid in the pocket that he's going to not be able to kind of run that much, get out of space. But then you look at Justin Fields and it's the style of quarterback we've wanted for so long. A lot of fans were annoyed when the Bears weren't able to get Russell Wilson. And I've said, I said this before the draft. I was like, if you want a quarterback that's the closest thing to Russell Wilson when he was coming out of college, so looking back at his Wisconsin tape, it's just the feels because mm-hmm. he's mobile, but he's not going to be a guy that's going to use his feet first. Well, you kind of see that with Russell Wilson now because he's so used to having a bad offensive line in front of him. And that's where Anthony's point is actually really true. Looking at the offensive line this year, this is going to be a really important element. Can Tevin Jenkins go from primarily playing right tackle at OK State versus coming to the NFL and having to play left tackle. I know he said that it was more of a necessity that he played on the right side, but still it is even just the kind of the progression from going from college football to the NFL is big when you're in your same position. Having Mm -hmm. to then learn a new position is difficult. I've always said, though, that – I would rather, if the Bears saw him as a left tackle, that you start him as a left tackle because I don't want the same crap that we saw with Kyle Long where you saw him as a right tackle, you played him at right guard and then tried to move him. That we saw with Cody Whitehair where he keeps getting changed. With James Daniels, he keeps getting changed. Get the guy where you want to play him and let him learn there. So I think that's that's one thing that I have. And really, 
the fact that the Bears came away with both Justin Fields and Tevin Jenkins, because those were the two main kind of targets I had going into the draft. It was, okay, try to do everything you can to go up and get Justin Fields. If you can't get him, you need to go and aim for that left tackle. And I think towards the end of kind of the draft process, I was cooling a lot of interest on Christian Darasaw because of some, some of the tape that I saw. And I was like, Tevin Jenkins is just a nasty guy. He just wants to kill somebody on the field. And that's what you want as an offensive lineman. It His kind of mentality always kind of reminds me of like Olin Krutz, where he wants to kind of kill someone when he's there. He wants to, he wants to not only pancake you, but he wants to then shove your face into the ground and make sure that you don't get back up. And that's what you see with Tevin Jenkins. So I guess moving along, because I think we all know what we want to see from Justin Fields, but what do you expect to see from Tevin Jenkins, because well, we pretty much know that Justin Fields isn't going to be starting week one. I think there's a very high chance that Tevin Jenkins is. So what do you want to see out of him this season? Um, I want to see him adjust quickly after his mistakes, because there's going to be some, some, some bumps when you're talking about what, as you just said, Kieran, a, a, a kid going from being a, a right tackle primarily all his entire career in college to now going to left, uh, to now playing the the premier edge rusher, you know, usually on the right side, you may be going up against more of the greater guy, the run stopping guy, you know, saying the premier edge rusher coming to the NFL, like you just said, the the the, the top tip tippity tippity top of professional and American football. All right, I know where I'm at, guys. I'm trying to make you're, it work. You're good. You can say football. Um, <laughs> this, this is the thing. This is the thing. Um, this is part of the reason why I want Andy Dalton to start the beginning of the season. Um, and I, I mean, again, I'm not. Okay, if Andy Dalton gets hurt, it's terrible. You never want to see anybody get hurt. But I'd rather be him than Justin Fields right now. And, and not even just that, and I'm, I'm being facetious when I say that, Andy Dalton is a pro. So there's going to be ways that he himself can help help Tevin Jenkins that Justin Fields is not going to be able to help him because Justin Fields is going to be too busy trying to figure out the game from his position himself. Even though the quarterback is supposed to know what everyone is doing, it's, it's hard for a young rookie quarterback to come in and know everything right away, particularly when we're talking about what everyone is doing. So that's another reason to have Andy Dalton in there. I, I think that Jenkins could be good, but I, I have less of feeling. And I was cool with the Bears drafting Jenkins at 20. I think majority of us, and when we saw him in mock drafts months ahead, was like, all right, that'll work. You know what I'm saying? Bobby Massey will let Bobby Massey go or whatever. Maybe in a year or two he can move over and take Charles Leno's job. That's kind of how I thought it was going to happen. They play him at right for a year, then move him over to left. Because even though none of us are huge fans of Charles Leno Jr., this past year he was okay. You know what I'm saying? I'm not – he was okay. It wasn't like the year before where it was like, here comes that false start. Get ready for it, right? Like, <laughs> it wasn't It wasn't that. You know what I'm saying? But they, they need to get him off the books for cap reasons, and they thought that, that Jenkins needed to go over there. Also, it seems like – Coach Castillo just thought those guys didn't have the type of edge. And the thing that you keep hearing now is that they really want to play with the edge. You don't know what will happen with Larry Borum. I mean, it's a fifth-round pick. Uh, so you're talking about a guy that says he can play guard and can play tackle. Um, it would be cool if he if it comes to fruition and he can get out there and you you got both of your book and tackles in the same draft, just like they hope. It's funny that with, with Kendall Valdor, in last year's draft, they're hyping him up now, saying that he's looking good in camps. And you would think you got Jalen Johnson in the second. Whoa, you got? Did you get the other guy in the fifth? Again, you would hope. We don't necessarily know. But when I, the reason I'm bringing up uh, Larry Borum and 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 Jenkins to go along with what you were saying about the nasty Kieran, 
you, they, they've reset the nasty and they already had the strength in the center core when you're talking about Daniels, Mustafer, and uh, Cody Whitehair. Or flip it because Cody Whitehair is going to be playing next to Jenkins. Um, but so you you already are stout up front, especially if Mustafer can take another step this season. Um, but again, I, I, I like the offensive line. I like the fact that Matt Nagy talking about all these guys. They were hanging out waiting for this one guy. I still would have loved if he told us who the one guy was. Because I had. <laughs> who did he take was? Who did he take was? Who did he take was? I think it was. I think it was Rashawn Slater. Okay. That was the okay. other guy that he wanted to move up for. Because it was very obvious that if they didn't get their quarterback, they were going all in for a left tackle. And oh. that that's that's what it seemed like. When you do that and then you trade up to go get a tackle and they talk about all the tackles that were there on the board and then they started falling. I think if they didn't go up and get Justin Fields, I think that's probably where they were going to head. I don't think... Bears fans would have been too delighted when you look at all the tackles that were there if you had to move up and get one. But look, I think it worked out really well where, like you said, if it works out properly, you could get your starting quarterback and your left tackle in one draft. That's very, very difficult to do. <laughs> no, I meant I meant when um the week before last at OTAs when uh, he said that he looked out his window and it was like 9 or 10 – Office of linemen waited for one guy so they could all walk oh, together. Yeah, yeah. My thought who was think? who I would who listen. Think? I would say it was it was it, it either had to be Cody, right, James, maybe Sam, or maybe Tevin. I don't know if Borum gets that just yet. Uh, I, maybe Jermaine Fed. I, I would think it had to be somebody good for them yeah. to wait. You know what I'm saying? So, but I wanted to know that part because he was making it seem like, well, they'll do that for anyone. And I wanted to be like, just say the person's name so we we could judge if they would do it for anyone. You know what I'm saying? So that was like like uh, what w- w- the kid, I, f- I always forget his first name, like Shashavius, the, the offensive oh, lineman they drafted yeah, last Shavius year. Simmons, yeah, yeah. Shashavius Simmons. Like if it was if it was Shashavius Simmons, now to go to what Nagy was trying to prove, if it was the Savior Simmons, then I would be like, yeah, they're a crew. They stand for anybody, right? But yeah. it's, that's that's why I wanted to know. You know what I'm saying? Like, let us know that, you know, but, you know, Nagy's good with kind of dancing around certain certain situations and things like that. Yeah, it would have been funny Sorry, if it was like – one second, I, I think it would have been very funny if it was like – an undrafted free agent that well, just exactly, came in this exactly. year. Because okay, those those boys love each other over there. But like, if it was Cody Whitehair, it's like a different story. They're like, oh, where do we go? Where do we go, Cody? Exactly. <laughs> and you're not gonna play Cody. You're not gonna. You're gonna. They follow. Basically, Cody Whitehair is their senior. Their senior lineman. They follow what he basically says right now. You know what I'm saying? So he's the leader really on that line until somebody else can prove that they're that good to kind of come along. But like, if it was Cody, that's what go along with what you're saying, Kieran. I was like, that doesn't matter if it was Cody. Cody tells them what to do. Just like when you were talking about Olin Krutz, like you didn't play against Olin Krutz. Guys, I've seen Olin Krutz in, in the flesh. All right. And this is, this is Olin Krutz after losing the football weight. Okay. You still don't want that smoke. All right, wow. you like it's not even it's not even a question, dude. Like you still like you, you like, that's not the one. Like dude, I'm a big dude, right? You see Ola Cruz, and I'm talking this isn't cock, this isn't football weight swole Ola Cruz, but he still is a guy that stays in tip top shape. We know he trains a lot of linemen, 
but this now this is not the one you wanted with. And, and 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 now I'm not saying that that's Cody White here, but we know kind of the tradition of you follow that guy that's the lead lineman as Kyle Long was when he was healthy. So that it, it, that just put a hole in what Nagy was saying if it was Cody White. I know we just danced around that a lot, so I'll just put a little cherry on top of it real quick. Yeah, absolutely. Just, Look, go go ahead, Anthony. Sorry, man. I also let go back when you were saying about Charles Leno. I've said on the show before, Charles Leno was a nice guy. And that's the problem he had at Chicago. And that's the problem where we were. He seemed happy when we were saying goodbye to him. So when we were, when we were cutting <laughs> him, he was online going, bye, thanks very much, Chicago, for my seven years. I appreciate everybody in Chicago. And he goes off to Washington and he has his child. And congratulations and hope he gets a great reception when he comes back for Washington. That's not what you want in your own line. You want Tevin Jenkins. You want Larry Borum. You want those pictures of those guys who look like they want to kill you. And yes. that's that's the next level that we need to get to with our O-line because we look like, if you look at our running game now, which I know Karen's going to go into in a minute, look at our running game now that we have so, we have an actual visual idea of what a running game looks like with some of the players we've got in there now. We have, we've got these proper ones, with, as you say, Whitehair, Mustafer. There's a proper look of solidity around the O-line which hasn't been there in such a long time. And it's a, it's going to be a really interesting question with the defense kind of going to where their, where their level is are we going to start seeing Chicago Bears become more of an offensive type of team? That we need the offense to keep the ball because we want the defense to get get relaxed and get get back into the into the game, which has never been the case in the, nearly the history of me watching the Chicago Bears. And it's <laughs> it, and that's done that's done in one draft, and um, that's done in one night, and and it's gone from from that level of that. But look. I, I really that's where I, I think the pressure will be on Jenkins. I really do. I think he needs to perform. Um, and when he gets his mistakes, you're 100 right. When he gets his mistakes, he learns from them and learns from them quick. Yeah, my problem with Leno was just he he just came across as like a soft offensive lineman that he didn't really want to do all the dirty work. And it's that that's the biggest problem. You saw him have a pretty good season 2018, gets paid, and then you start to see his form completely dip and it was obvious that Juan Castillo wasn't happy with I guess the mentality of the offensive line because he wants those mean aggressive offensive linemen put in there and hopefully that's what we get to see this year because again it's going to open up the running game which is always a big talking point with this offense where Matt Nagy keeps talking about they need to find this identity any team I feel like when your coach is saying that they're basically saying that your running game isn't, isn't working because that's where each offense starts with. You look at all the best offenses and even we, if you have to go back to kind of what Tampa Bay were doing, like the reason Tom Brady was able to do what he was doing later on the season was because the running game got going and they were able to kind of get the yards that they weren't getting earlier on the season. So with all that in mind, and this, this will probably be our, our last topic today, Kenneth. So what do you think that, that can change for this running game because look, it's still David Montgomery. You still have three count. Look, yes, there's Damian Williams. There's a, cu- a couple of other guys that have kind of been brought in as well, yeah, but obviously, right yeah, exactly. Uh, but mm-hmm. obviously it's up to the offensive line to create those holes for the running backs because I have a lot of faith in David Montgomery, but the problem is a lot of the season last season, the minute he touches the ball, he has a guy on him. And and that's what you can't have. You need more push in the other, by the alignment. So what do you think is going to happen with the running game this year? And how important is it for not only Justin Fields for when he eventually comes in, but for Andy Dalton early on? Because we've said it. He's not the most mobile quarterback. You're going to need a good running game for him to be successful. 
listen, you can't use play action if you haven't sold the run. Yeah. And you look you look stupid trying to use play action. Not to say sometimes it may so defender may not be on his game, but you look stupid trying to use play action when you haven't established a run. Part of the reason, and I'm, I'm not gonna put it all on Charles Leno. Part of the reason, and you also can tell about Cal the fact that Cal Long really doesn't like Matt Nagy if you kind of read between no. the lines. Um Matt Nagy made that offensive line soft because he doesn't prefer to run the football because he doesn't think he can show his his brilliance, his alleged brilliance in all, on the offensive side of the ball by uh, by running. He, he thinks you have to only do about throwing, even though someone like Kyle Shanahan pulls out a sexy run game on your butt all the time. You know what I'm saying? They, you, you can actually do it uh, through the run. Uh, Matt Nagy is going to have to let Bill Lazor have have some decision making when it comes to what's happening on the offensive side of the ball. We know Matt Nagy's gonna live, he's gonna die on his shield, basically. He took back play calling. But you still, whatever you go in, it's, it's not even whatever you just go in through the week that you decide is gonna be the package. You have to actually implement it during the game. So if if we decide during the during the week, we at least have to run this ball 30 times. Like you gotta get David Montgomery at least 18. You know what I'm saying? At least at least 18. You give Tariq maybe two, you know, carries. You give Williams maybe five or six. You know what I'm saying? But you and also those two play all three of these players you can use in the passing game. Uh so there that gives you the opportunity to use them on in the flat at different times. And or or put one out and at receiver, you can put Tariq Cohen or Williams out at receiver, you know, saying that if you initially if the play has them in the backfield. Uh, but it's it's on Matt Nagy. That's the the real thing. Matt Nagy has never truly committed to running the football. Well, you saw what David Montgomery was when they gave him carries last year. And one of the things that that you just said was the fact that th- someone was on him all the time. Like someone was in the backfield, like it was going out of style, basically. You know what I'm saying? And that goes back to these linemen having the edge, just playing football. Listen, offensive lineman is the most selfless position in football. Uh, I I only play, I played a little offensive line in high school and I remember we scored and I remember thinking like, yeah, I guess that was kind of cool. Right. Because it was like, it's not the same as like when I'm on a, when I'm on a defensive line and I'm coming screaming down at the quarterback and it's like, this is mine. You know what I'm saying? Like it's, it's, it's not the same, you know what I'm saying? And so in saying that you have to have a mentality when you're doing that to keep you going because there's a lot of times you may not score you know what i'm saying so what's 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 still got you going they, they're they're rotating in defensive linemen so you, they don't rotate in offensive linemen so you're there the entire game you know what can mentally keep you going and give you the edge if you don't have the edge I and mean, that's one thing is running the football because running the football allows them to put their will on the opposing team's defense all right, instead of me backpedaling all the time, no, no, I'm coming off the ball and I'm looking to punch someone in their mouth. All right, you need that. You need to set you need to set up anger. You know what I'm saying? Like that's what's missing from this team. Like if you can if you can come into any football stadium and you, some people can shut it down, but you basically know we can run this football, it opens up everything regardless of who the quarterback is. And as you were saying, Andy Dalton, because you know you're going to be doing a lot of play action with Andy. You'll be doing a lot of play action with both of them. But Andy Dalton not being able to run, you're going to have to have a running game to help him out, all right, to open things up. Perhaps maybe to pull that safety down so that you can do something over the top, maybe to Jimmy Graham up the seam, something like that. All right, when you go to Justin Fields, 
Justin Fields is going to help the running game immensely when you have the threat of a running quarterback. So someone has to spy the quarterback, and they so now the running back may get may get free. Like it's it, that's the biggest part. Like the, the scariest part of anything I knew with this. The scary part about all this great stuff that we've been talking about is that we still don't know what what or who. And I'm being kind when I say that who Matt Nagy is. Yeah. Like and I'm like that's we, we've we've never seen him. Uh, uh, take a quarterback and make him better. We, we haven't seen that yet, you know, and now we're saying to do this with a clean, a straight clean rookie. All right. Uh, we haven't even seen him do that with a vet with Nick Foles, even though the offensive line was extremely terrible, particularly when Nick Foles was playing last season, but we haven't seen him do it with a rookie or a vet. And now because we have these players in place like Tevin Jenkins and Justin Fields, because we have them, we wish or hope Matt Nagy can do it, but we're kind of like not paying attention to the past that Matt Nagy couldn't do it. Yeah, absolutely. Look, it's it's a really interesting conversation that we're definitely going to have to pay attention to. I think early in the season, see have they kind of adjusted to the new personnel? Because look, we need that running game to kind of get this offense going. Look, it's it's been great having you on the show, Kenneth. Do you want to tell people where they can find you in the different spots? Oh, yeah. You can find me, one, at Under Center. We're about to record an episode with 670 Scores and Lawrence Holmes. Uh, you can find me at That Davis Show and Flippin' Friends. You can follow me at That's Davis uh, so you can see wherever anything is or, you know, shoot me a, 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 a tweet or something to converse a little bit. No foolishness now. No foolishness. Or I'm going to <laughs> I'm going to scream abuse upon you. All yes, right? man. Uh, yes, yeah. oh, You're going to hear that. You're going to hear that. I'm going to figure out how I'm going to work that one in. But I've, I've, I've really enjoyed <laughs> you, you it. Can, you uh, can work it in anywhere. It's fine. Okay. I really, I've enjoyed it. I got to bring you guys on because I want to get you guys stories. So yeah, you got to come on that David show. Me and Ryan, the four of us can chop it up. Uh, you two have a good evening as I'm entering my my afternoon time right here. <laughs> uh, I hope you guys have a great one. I appreciate you guys bringing me on, man. Yeah, thanks so much, Kenneth. Guys, make sure that you do go over onto the YouTube page so you can subscribe to the channel so you don't miss anything. All of our podcasts will be available on all your audio streams. So whether it's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Anchor, you can catch us there. Until next time, guys, we are back on Saturday. So until then, bear down. Bear down. Bear down.